I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Where, where, you, want, where you want this link? You want it in uh, your group chat? Oh. Your Slack? Oh, yeah. Put any links in there. There. I, I just typed there. Okay. Okay. There. Wait. Here. Wait. Hi. We are here at uh, MNU head office, Department of Alien Affairs. My name is Vikas van der Merwe. And behind me, you can see other Alien Affairs workers. And what we do here at this department is we try to engage with the prawn on behalf of MNU and on behalf of humans. Get your bleeping tentacle out of my face. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. This is episode 406. I'm Scott Johnson, and I'm joined today by Brian. You have to admit, he looks like a prawn Dunaway. Oh, I do kind of look like a prawn. Oh, hi. hi. This week on Film Sack, we forego the buttered popcorn and soda and go straight for a big old cup of juice extracted straight from an alien hobo's arm. <sighs> <laughs> Looks like we should have went with the pulp-free alien arm squeezins. These chunks are hard to swallow. Garcon! Napkin! And my compliments to the cat who threw up in this. Anywho, it is said that sucking down alien goo will allow you to operate alien technologies, and since we are all juiced up and ready to go, let's go give one of the, those wicked cool alien mech suits a try. But first, how about 15 minutes of straight projectile vomiting into this cameraman's face? <laughs> Aloha, Randy. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. <laughs> you make a good uh, audio barf uh, <laughs> foley sound. It's really good. Foley's. Uh, also with this, Randy, you got black stuff coming out of your nose there, Jordan. Aloha, Brian. Scott. Brian. Yeah. Randy. I guess I'm getting a big stage now, huh? All right, folks. Oh, okay. There's a camera. Cool. Please give me your complete attention. This one's going to be gross. Did I ever tell you boys about the time I had a little shop selling the body parts of powerful people to foreigners? <laughs> no. Every little business 
like like oh, sorry <laughs> cut cut all right take two go every little business like this one goes easy as long as you follow my three bloody rules number one don't rip people off i mean sure rip their arms off but don't underpay no one likes a cheapskate number two don't get caught up in the power of genitalia Everybody's always talking about it, but eating dismembered uh, members don't work. (laughs) It don't work any more than any other body part. Number three, don't leave your otherworldly high-powered guns laying around in your showroom, you fool. That's just sloppy. I don't care if the safety's on. That's just dumb. (laughs) True story. Thank you for taking me on that trip. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There's some uh, questions yes. about guns laying around. We'll get to that. Sure. Oh and man, the Wikipedia has a whole like paragraph on what guns they use from South Africa for this movie. They're really good. Oh wow. Uh, with us finally, Brian, the Army guy, has Lucius Malfoy's eyes. Ibit. Oh wow! No kidding. Yeah. Uh, okay, first I'm going to apologize for my accent. Something sprayed in my face, and I haven't been the same since. By the way, you notice that. South African accent sounds like me trying to do a New Zealand accent. A little, a little I, I thought it sounded what? like you trying to do your Borat. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed at MNU are the different factions that have opened up in the district. We've got the prawns taking up most of the main area. But if we move to the outskirts of the district a little bit, there's a neighborhood with some residents that weren't allowed in the main area. Follow me. It's just over this hill. Uh, all right. Well, oh, look at this guy. Hello, little buddy. This is one of the residents I was talking about. This. There we go. This little tan fella came to us a few years before all the prawns showed up, all the way from just outside Los Angeles, California. Now, he doesn't say much, but do you see this? Look at this. Look at this right here. His finger lights up. Isn't that something? All right, let's head over over the hill. Yeah, yeah, phone home, little buddy. Yeah, phone home, whatever. Okay. All right, let's go over here to this guy right here. Uh, This shack is this, uh, in this shack is this brown furry guy who showed up around the same time as the aliens, also from California, kind of the San Fernando Valley area, actually. He says his name is Gordon Shumway. Anyway, he won't stop. He won't stop talking, which is why we're not going to disturb him. Also, he keeps asking where he can get a cat to go along with all this cat food. Funny guy. Funny guy. (laughs) And lastly is this weird-looking guy in this shack. He keeps asking for us to give him his egg back so he can fly back to his home planet. And if you listen listen closely every night, he talks to his invisible friend Orson. Oh, what a funny guy. Orson. That's awesome. I love it. Mark you put all the well done. It's like a whole sci-fi district. District Nine I, every, is full yeah. sci-fi. Every eighties alien. Actually, I guess yeah. Mark was seventy-eight. 70s, but every uh, every seventies and eighties alien that came would have been I really, right before. Yeah, these guys. Right. I really tuned into the uh, the Melmac factor with uh, Alf and the cats because I kept wondering. You cannot possibly have that much cat food without cats. Where are the cats? They ate them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they ate the them. cats yeah. are dying because there's no cat food left. Right. No shortage. kidding. Yeah, the cat food thing is. Is a funny thing if you want to look at the economics of it it gets real weird real quick but yeah, uh yeah. our film this week is district nine everyone uh i'll just say it now so that dunaway can eat it uh, <laughs> this is uh this is one of my favorite movies ever uh certainly in the uh, the sci-fi genre i love district nine i love it i love it i love it i i painfully wait every year for an announcement of a district 10 or some sort of follow-up mm. so we can get to the next phase yeah. of this story never uh, going to happen. Neil Bloomkamp last year said uh, District Ten is still happening. It's just a matter and of you, when. And you know what he said? You know what he said the year before that? What? And the year before that? What? And the year before that? <laughs> what? And the year before that? It's the only quote on <laughs> record is 2017. I just want to put that out there. 
and it's great. Listen, even it, Axl Rose finally came out with Chinese democracy, <laughs> by the way, so it can happen. These kind of okay. things do happen. <laughs> okay, but but we while we're on the subject, we got to talk about all the movies that never got a sequel that should have got a sequel. Okay, because mm. this oh, is man. this is getting up there. Like this movie when it first came out. I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's like maybe top 10 sci-fi of all time. But I was never thinking it needs, it desperately needs a sequel. And there's some films that you feel like, how did that not happen, mm. right? Like The Goonies, mm. for instance. Mm. Maybe. How did I that mean, never I, get a sequel? I, I get that. Well, they, were, they were rich this, by that time. So This, yeah. this one needs one, though. This one's like, hey, I'll be back in three years. Hey. This one, yeah, this one promises a sequel, right? Yeah. 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 How... How did Willow never get a sequel? That is mind blowing. That movie, I, that movie was like d- destined to have a series. Yeah, but isn't popularity uh, is great? Popularity is tied to sequels too. I don't think Willow yeah, right. did very well critically or or box office wise. That's time, why there's right? only one Daniel Craig girl with a dragon <laughs> tattoo movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now District Nine did did great for the budget. I mean, it, it sure. did very well. Yeah, it did well. really well. It was only a thirty million dollar budget. It was money given to him by. By uh, P- uh, Peter uh, and Peter Jackson's Peter back Jackson. pocket. I almost said Peter Murphy for some reason from Bauhaus. <laughs> Peter Jackson's well, back pocket. They were using Peter Jackson's cameras. Peter Jackson's just like, yeah, I'll do this, whatever. Yeah, it's it was, cool. It was the best picture nominee at the Oscars. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was so I would just like to like take all of that as evidence that this is a great movie <laughs> and Dunaway's up up in the night smoking the crack because no, no, he doesn't no. think it's good. No, now, now when when this is this is a theory of this is kind of a, a relativity thing. Okay, so as uh, far as District 9 goes, if you ask me, Brian, would you like to watch District 9? I would go, uh, no, thank you. And the reason <laughs> why is because there, it, it, I, I just don't find anything uh, likable about the characters in the movie. You're crazy. And it, it, it's a fine movie. It was, it was well filmed. It was well <laughs> thought out. Everything was executed very well. I just did not, I do not find any relativity to to enjoy uh, the characters or pull for any of the characters or pull for anything that happens or pull, pull for any human or alien. I literally don't like anyone or anything, any character in this movie. You don't Except like Christopher. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the baby, maybe the Christopher's he's he's borderline almost likable. Can't get there. His well, his really? son, Christopher, Christopher's son. Yeah. Is probably a little more likable to me. It is, I want to grant something. It is a really harsh decision by the filmmakers to have the aliens speak some unknowable tongue, and we have to read on the screen what they're saying. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a that's a decision. It's very very obtuse, and it and it changes the whole film away from something like Star Wars, where we just grant that the, we have a universal translator at our ear, and off we go mm. like that. That is really something. And like after watching, you know, it's a two hour long movie. I'm a little tired and I'm like, okay, I don't want to, you know, like I don't, I I don't need this to to be a binge watchable 20 hour series. Well, yeah, but that I'm like, I would even say, but in Star Wars cases, there's plenty of in Star Wars as a, as an example, there's plenty of examples in that movie or in those movies where they rely on what district nine does. There's, there's people who speak in, uh, subtitles, and then you yeah. have like Chewy, where it's basically a, I don't know, it's like but, a one way. But we always way. sound that's bad. A, that's Hansel, a guess. Hansel it's always, it's a great yeah, situation where you, 
you right. get it from the context of people responding. Right. Exactly. So what's who's the yeah. comedian on stage always on doing a phone call? Had a couple TV shows. That's Bob Newhart. Bob, Bob Newhart, Newhart yeah. does great phone calls. It was like the it's like Bob <laughs> Han Solo is Bob Newhart basically. Uh, uh, Pretty well, much. Uh, what's that, Chewy? Uh, you say you don't want to go through the uh, the asteroid belt? Yes. Uh, all right. Oh. That's basically yeah, and that's it. a gag. Like like he's Chew, Chewbacca sounds ridiculous and uh, so does R two D two right yeah. but. This right. movie, like we we have we have a, an apartheid story, which is already, uh, you know, kind of brutal, and and it's a very adult mm-hmm. theme that you got to really think about, and you you know you're going to be sad, and uh, you know to to take the faction that's being oppressed and make it impossible to understand them. But I have a bunch of English speaking characters who understand them. It was just it, it, like that's just a decision. I'm not saying it's a bad one, but it it, it makes the whole film into something that it might not have been well, if the decision had been made I, differently. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to put my hand up and say that makes this a better film because it I agree. It, mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. locks in the idea right. that we depersonalize ourselves from those we separate ourselves from, and it starts small and it grows and it gets worse. I mean, there's millions, well, I don't know what millions, but there's many, many historical examples of this happening where a a marginalized part of society is labeled as something they call in this case they call them prawns they have a weird mm-hmm. language if you understand it you can translate it but they're not talking english so therefore they're less than we are like there's this really not, great adherence right. to those social things that i think makes the film extremely impactful and it does this one thing that movies can do so well which is take right. something in real life and put it up on screen in a way that makes it more uh palatable I mean, it's still a harsh movie, but more palatable because you're like, oh, it's science fiction. It's something Star Trek does in a much more light way, but it lets you talk about real issues and actual social impact and what it means to be on one side or the other and to also watch somebody on one side who's casually on one side be drugged to the other side simply because he got a face full of the goop and Mm -hmm. and have that sort of dawn on him over time like, oh, my gosh now i'm now i get it now i'm one of them now they're after me like it's a really good version of that ever i see that was my problem okay so no arguments is the movie good is it a important message yes did they were it was a smart movie yes there were so many great things about this movie but you said something you were to to uh enjoy this movie i did not enjoy this movie for two things the distancing of films from my experience in two things that they did for this film. Oh, oh there he goes. Glitchy. It was the universe <laughs> telling they did not want to hear your second thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Brian, 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 I got it. 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 All right. So I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. The fact that you keep talking during the whole thing to make sure that none of us say anything. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. You're not saying it. I'm finishing my statement. All right. So wow. the film makes me the film makes me feel disconnected for several reasons. First of all, found footage films always make me feel disconnected. I don't feel like I'm a part of a film when when it does that. And that's probably just my film language understanding. Mm. And I, I felt disconnected there as well as nothing likable about any of the characters. And I if it disagreed and said Christopher is had likable aspects to him, it didn't resonate with me. Therefore, that's why I don't care for this movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. 
I'm just saying you, I don't care for it because do you think it would have been less effective though, not as a found footage if it was just a regular straight kind of typical typically yes. delivered movie? You think that would have been as effective? No. I I would have I would have found a way to I was fine with the found footage setup. Well, it's not really found watching. footage. I kept, I kept watching because I kept going, oh, 20 minutes in, they're going to do this found footage. They're going to well, come. Hold on, hold on. For some it. clarity, we should say it's not found footage. It's just documentary no, style. No, no, it's shot yeah. like it's, it's, it's shot like found footage. It's described as... It's just uh, a documentary. It's, That's all it is. Yeah, no, Nobody yeah. went and got, oh, look at this old tape. No, we no, got to no. find out what's on well, here. They kind of did because they rolled back through it and, you know, like for the first 30 minutes or the first act, they kind of start slowly hinting that uh, this thing that was going along, they were documenting yeah, turn bad. Yeah, it's a documentary. It's not. I'm, what right. I'm saying is, literally, found footage movies are them finding footage somewhere and going, right. "Ooh, <laughs> like what's Cloverfield. this?" Cloverfield, yeah, like Cloverfield, Blair yeah. Witch Project. That's and not I, this. I felt disconnected and, from Cloverfield as well. And <laughs> we uh, we unfortunately got saddled to the uh, to the term mockumentary a long time ago yeah. to mm-hmm. just to just mean a documentary that is fictional, and mm-hmm. it's too bad because w- there's nothing mocking in, in right. this movie no, nothing nothing like uh you know best in show or something like that spinal tap or something like that yeah right. yeah yeah but, all, all those but it is like at, like the mockumentary style i want to grant it does fit itself better to something like a netflix series than a feature film mm-hmm. it just it just the style is is putting you in a particular headspace and i think mm-hmm. that's i think it's important for this movie and if it had been uh if it had been shot as a regular straight up edited you know, 35 millimeter film, I think it could have been really beautiful, but it would have, it would not have had that, the grittiness of his, uh, his journey. Right. Cause it's right. It's also well, extremely, also the, it, it's, oh, sorry. Go ahead a bit. Go ahead. Oh, you also get the kind of the bonus of the things that he's saying, Oh, don't put this on camera. Don't show this. And you know, when he's being kind of abusive to the, to the aliens, which is a great, you kind of need that to say, all right, this guy's, this guy means well, He's not as much of an idiot as he comes across as. He's kind of a dick, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. you know, like like pulling the little uh, feeder tubes out of the eggs and things like that. Um, one really quick thing I wanted to say though about the uh, mockumentary style. I'm always hyper paranoid, not paranoid, hyper aware of that style and almost looking for flaws in it. And mm-hmm. I hate it when I when I'm watching something like this and they're the, the cameras are in a place where they shouldn't be just so they can give you story that you wouldn't get if it was truly a documentary. For example, being in the the room when Christopher and his kid are dripping the last little bits of goo. Actually, Christopher and friend are dripping the last little bits of goo and hiding the um right, right. The device that stores it. There's no way they would do that if there were the documentary cameras in there, whether or not so the, they make that well. stuff clear yeah, right, though. So like they, they cut it in a way that is like the the footage of Deepak Chopra or whatever his name is outside. Vickus, just, just say Vickus. Vickus doing Vickus. his thing and and the footage of them inside. That's when the break first happens. That's the very first break between the two formats. And when it happens, well, you, it's like this contrast. And I like that a lot. I like really the split. It's really easy to close that loop too, right? You establish another new prawn who knows how to use a camera and have him just hanging around everything going on, right? You know, documenting what's happening. Well, that and I never, I never got the sense it. they were trying to show us that. I just, I think that's huh. just the point where they said, this is happening in real time. This isn't being filmed. They're just off doing their thing while the humans think what they're doing is this noble restructuring, re, uh, relocating of all these aliens. And, and meanwhile, there's a real story happening behind all of this, which is 
Christopher, his son, and this friend are really close now to getting this ship out of here. And they've this mm-hmm. 20 years in the making. He's going to finally pull this off. Most of the prawns have, have decided just to let themselves dilapidate and turn into a, a vicious fight over who's got the most cat food. And, wow, and, I did not. But, I did not pick I'm, that up as a separate thing going on. Like, but I'm with. A, I'm a, no, oh, I'm I with totally you, Brian. But like, uh, there's so many examples. There's a. There's a. After uh, Vickis escapes the first time, he goes to this restaurant that he loves mm, and mm-hmm. tries to tries to order, and it all oh, falls right. apart because of the TV. <laughs> right. And this, and it's like, wait a minute, am I looking at security footage in a dump? Like, I don't. I don't think right. this restaurant would have. A security camera pointed right at the person taking right. the order. See, uh, no, like that, it's that I'm, you guys missed the break. The break happened. It was a fi- it was a physical break in the film, and it happened with the friend uh, Christopher and the son. And when that happened, you are you are I think anyway. We're out I, of the documentary. You're supposed style. to go. Oh, okay. Now we're moving to a different phase of this. And from then on, you get the the documentary half starts to slip away, and eventually mm-hmm. goes away entirely. And the rest uh, of that no, movie is not it, that. Yeah. At all. It never that that that's I disagree. my they loop that back or stuff is all over the film. No, I disagree a hundred percent. And at the end it comes back. It loops back yeah. at the end and has the interview people again as if mm-hmm. they're summing it up. But I'm telling you right now, there is a purposeful break there, and I would I'd put money on that. I'd put fifty bucks down. To, I mean right it would now. have to be because Absolutely. walking around with, with Vickis you you there's no way that all right he's on the run and everybody's trying to find him but the camera crew right there hanging around him you know would kind of make it pretty obvious where he's at for the helicopters coming and stuff like that no there's tons of shots like that that they're in the ship who's filming that that. there's nobody in the ship filming filming them there's nobody filming any of that stuff like this is that's that's part of the thing is it's like vickis's is is that you'd say it Vickis Van Damme. Well, it's, it's spelled Vickis, but it's pronounced Vickis. Vickis, yeah. Vickis, yeah. Van so, Der, so, when Van, Van so when Vickis is, uh, 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 has the f- cameras on him and he's trying to you know do stuff to look good for this thing and they're documenting the experience, mm-hmm. there's moments where, like when he gets sprayed in the face, he's like, you're not going to show that, right? You, that part, will, you'll leave that out. And right, and and, so, they and they, yeah, and they keep some of that stuff in, but it's a way of showing us, I think, that there's a veneer to this that they were trying to keep and maintain that we're doing the right thing. This relocation is the best thing for both the prawns and us, when really it's just a big veiled racism thing. And then, as time goes on, that veneer slips away because the reality sets in. You no longer need a uh, you know. There's no camera to see this lens through. It's now just now you're in it. So I I would I'll I'll to my dying day say that there was never an attempt in this movie to be a documentary all the way well, through, and it needs yeah it, it would it can't you have to say that I mean you have to feel like that otherwise that does break the film for you is is uh, as it would for me if 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 I really analyze like all right well this is a doc- I mean because they do still have kind of the shaky cam going on through some of the later scenes that feel like they shouldn't be filmed with a documentary crew in the spaceship for example it still has a little bit of that shaky cam look it's not a we're going from the shaky cam look of the documentary to this steady cam look of a of a film piece just tonight not break that fourth wall for these parts anymore no i mean that would be maybe too abrupt but when they i can tell you the moment it happened it's when they were on the pile of trash looking for alien technology and not human technology and the kid found the little cylinder and stuff that was all multiple cuts close up here close up there that's not somebody filming them there's nobody there filming them there's nobody with a camera i, I think yeah you. i think they did a they did a fine job they were very they were very smart in how they filmed 
that and how they how they cut it back and forth. I never got confused about any of that stuff. I just felt disconnected. And that may be what the director wanted you to feel was disconnected. And for me, it fell flat because of that, because I never connected to the characters. And I always felt like I, I didn't feel like Vickus was doing anything heroic ever, uh, even up to the end when he kind of finally uh, steps over to the other side. I, I feel like it's like he's dying and it's like he doesn't i don't it's know it's still pretty heroic feel, though because he's like in the last throes of life likeable. and he's like get out of here in fact he says well, he the line dying, he, he says was dying anyway so i know like, but that's but no but that's that doesn't matter if you're dying anyways well i'm dying anyway right. it may as well be the heroic thing i think what he was saying is he and he said it to christopher he said the words get out of here before i change my right. mind like he's before still yeah, he's still right. fighting with his chickenness his anxiety well, is whatever i think i had trouble because the way the way Charlto Copley played this uh, the character, for some reason, all I could see was Borat the whole time. <laughs> really? <laughs> totally disagree. Really? Totally yeah, disagree. Borat. Yeah. And so I, you could totally disagree, but I, that, that's what I saw. Like I said, sure. it's going to be very much a just a perspective problem for me. As a matter of fact, what what pops up uh, like in my little sidebar of District Nine? Oh, let me see, Borat. Right over there on the right hand side of suggestions of uh, other other mockumentary uh, movies, and for some reason, like I said, it just felt uh, very. I I don't know. I just I couldn't connect. I just couldn't do it. Well, Google has told me that I need grandma panties once when I was looking for, ah, a, uh, and they're not wrong. <laughs> so a uh, point proven. No, my, I, I, this is interesting because I of all the movies we've seen lately, especially lately, but but of all the movies we've ever seen, I, this would have been the least. I would have thought the least controversial uh, right. choice to say, yes, this is a great movie. This isn't, or this has major flaws or doesn't like, this doesn't feel like we're this, this is the closest we've gotten back to like minority report. In my opinion, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is not a great movie. That's the difference. Like minority report. I will argue that it's not a great movie. This movie. I know it, I can totally see it's a great movie. It is. It, it is funny that, that this is, you know, the, the first movie you go to to say right. the last movie I remember really, really liking was another one that Brian Dunaway hates. <laughs> this, is a, this, is, uh, this is another one of those examples. We've talked about this before, where if you're talking to your friends after seeing a movie and three of you think it was a nine out of a ten and you think it was a seven, they all consider you to hate the movie and you don't at yeah, all yeah. you know like it's just there's such a difference between a, a nine and a seven from the nine's perspective yeah mm -hmm. i mean you're you're right and i'm not here to say that you know this i'm not even sure i think it's a 10 but but uh if i'm to if i'm to put up my you know the the science fiction sort of subgenre on the wall and make make some picks i'm putting this way up there man like it's just yeah. uh, now, one now, of the most okay, unique when you say ideas. Picks, when you say, okay, so this is how I look at some of my list. It's like, okay, here's the top 10 best sci-fi movies that were ever created. It's not necessarily the same top 10 list of top 10 sci-fi movies I like to watch or want to watch. It's not They're not the same list. There's a lot of overlap, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, there's there absolutely a lot be. of overlap. Yeah, but we're but just saying what's your list. Not, not in saying my I want to watch versus... Uh, what I think was a good movie. Well, oh, that's interesting. So, uh, do you have movies that you really like, or that you think are really good, but you don't want to watch? Like, what's oh, that? There's lots. I mean, I I love yes. The Godfather, but I'm not going to go back and watch it again. That's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not I, my top ten most watchable 
movies. It's a great I film. Can see and that. I, I watched it. It's so artful. Yeah. It's so no, well nobody, done. Nobody wants to go back and rewatch 2001. I remember coming out of Children of Men saying, oh, what a great sci fi film. Top mm-hmm. 10 of all time. But I don't want to watch it again. I mean, I might, I might visit that one every, you know, it might be a decade apart or something to appreciate it again or something. But I, I take your point. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about yeah. that. See, and that's where I find your stance though on this movie weird just because i could watch district nine again today like i'd be into yeah. watching it right, right now again because i like it that and i'd much. be on my phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i understand it i totally I, I think i understand where you're coming from and it can't be can, this for everybody obviously can, but man can I we talk it. about some of those others in the top 10 of all time that are sort of like singular because like it's real easy to talk about like Blade Runner or Alien, but those those are movies that have to do with a lot of other movies. Like like I remember wh- the first time I saw Inception, I was just like, oh wow. Or or uh, 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 a rival, uh, a rival really got me. That was Don't only worry. a couple years ago. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> really got me. I'm like, that goes in the top ten. Like, do you have any like where you you just came out and we're like, okay, that's that's it. I'm top Moon 10. was Moon was that for me. Moon was great. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, right. Moon's awesome. And one where it's like, you know, we talked earlier about about movies that um, don't have sequels. I felt like a lot of the ones you brought up, Goonies and uh, Willow and, and Moon, for example, I feel better that it's a complete closed story. I yeah. don't want to know what happens to the kids after they get out of uh, or get their houses back in Washington. Or- yeah, that subject is really about a movie where you're like, how did that not have a sequel? Everybody, everybody expected sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh like recently the movie Bridesmaids was just destined for a sequel. How does it not have a sequel yet? Like mm-hmm. that movie just mm-hmm. like It the, doesn't the... have a sequel? Wait a minute. Nope. I, I know mind. it feels like I know I it feels like every, was a sequel. <laughs> every Kristen Wig and Melissa McCarthy right. movie is the sequel to that one, but You're it's right. not. Yeah. You're right. It's surprising that one <laughs> Holy doesn't. Crap. But yeah, yeah, like uh some of these that you've mentioned are ones that I don't necessarily want to dive right back into. Like I'd, I'd loved Arrival. Like I really liked Arrival a lot, but I don't think I want to see it very often. No, and mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. big part of its of its mystique is the fact that the film itself doesn't tell you much. Yeah, right. right. Like it leaves a lot of questions unanswered, and usually that's where a sequel goes. Like the the Matrix was great, and and you were like, okay, well here come Matrix two, because there were a lot of things for you to find out still. Whereas, like a movie like Arrival is is like telling you, no, you're not going to find those things out. We're gonna we're gonna finish the story. Like, here's why all of this happened, but all of the questions you have just stay in the movie. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, the, a film that really blew me away in the last couple of years was uh, Annihilation, and I don't think it's necessarily on anybody's top ten list, but for some reason, it really jives with me. I, I don't mind uh, turning it on. I, I purchased it, and uh, I've watched it several times. Why the Why do you think people love hate it? I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I've noticed that I get reviews that are like, this is top 10 of all time, and other reviews that are like, it's garbage. Yeah, it's a, it's a real good question. I think I think you either like Natalie Portman's uh, uh, presence or you don't. I think that's where most of it hinges because there's a lot of really cool ideas, or really a lot of cool scenes, but if you don't believe uh, Natalie Portman as the is the is the central part of this, then I, I think you'll have a trouble. I think that's probably where most people flip back and forth. You either like it or don't. I like Natalie Portman. Some people say she's stiff, cold. I thought that was perfect for this particular uh, role. So I was I was like, yeah, hmm. go with it. I still haven't seen it either. And I know, I feel like it's been streaming 
Like it felt like it was streaming really shortly after it was in theaters, right? Right. right. I I'm not sure, but it was. I I like I said, I enjoyed it. It was it was worth the purchase for me. Hmm. Here we go. It's uh, on Hulu, uh, mm, Amazon it? Prime, and Hulu. Excellent. So, oh, it's yeah, out there. watch it. You may hate it, but I like oh, it. Oh, it's got it's got Tessa Thompson. I love Tessa mm-hmm. Thompson. I don't know Carl, who Tessa Carl, Thompson Carl, Carl. is. I can't picture who that is. Tessa Thompson is um, she's the head of uh, the company on Westworld. Oh, uh, oh, I do like her. Uh, she was yeah. uh, Ragnarok um, and uh, yeah, Ragnarok. 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 Yep. Yep. She's in. She's Bob in the Ragnarok. and now Men in Black. Yeah, the new Men in Black with <laughs> oh, yeah. still with Chris Hemsworth. Thor Ragnarok, Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell how I feel about that. I know that's a different subject, and probably shouldn't talk about it today. But I can't. I look at the trailer. Some trailer shots. I haven't actually seen a trailer, but I've seen you know sh- shots. Right. And I and it just to me looks just like if it was Will Smith and uh, Tommy Lee Jones running yeah, around. It's, it, it's, it's it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's, it stays within. It's got the same. It's got the same uh, area where they where they walk into in, in the actual MIB headquarters. So I mean, it's definitely not. It, it's a. It's a. I say reboot. I believe is what they're calling it. So it's not like a direct sequel or anything. But it's still. I mean, it's absolutely. All the tech looks the same. Just different players. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I kind of want to. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see it, but then a part of me is like, if you're just going to rehash this thing again, and if Rip right. Torn isn't the guy in charge back at headquarters, I'm out. No sale. He's, he's, he's not. Yeah, unless they CGI him in, right? Well, he's not dead. Rip Torn's well, alive. Well, he's not going to do this, no, though. But he had some. but he had some issues. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did? Like a few years ago. Yeah, didn't didn't he go kind of... Uh... Did he lose it or something? <laughs> didn't he go ripped torn on us? Didn't he go a little Randy <laughs> Quaid on us? <laughs> yeah. He, he ripped it got ripped and torn a little bit. I have no idea. Yeah, ripped torn. So. I don't remember. Yeah, I he, thought ripped torn was all right. His he's eighty seven. His watch has ended. Okay. He, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he could retire. <laughs> he can yeah, step he, down. He played, he played guilty to breaking in into something, I think. What? Substance abuse issues. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Really? Rip torn. Yeah. Okay. I had I missed that particular. He's had some troubles. Uh, so I forgot to I, play this, by the way. I've got to play this and get this out of the way. Hold on. District 9, oh. an extraterrestrial race forced to live in a slum-like condition on Earth, suddenly finds a kindred spirit in a government agent who is exposed to their biotechnology. I don't think that that's a good description. I mean, no, Fletcher did a no, fine no. job, and it's a terrible description. But, I mean, it's, it is a hard movie to sum up in, but, yeah, because it's in three movies. a couple sentences. Yeah. So. So yeah. let's let's go through. It fits neatly into three acts, and I want to talk about those three acts. So the first act is an apartheid story. It's mm-hmm. straight up. This is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's not an easy solution. Here are our people, and what what do you think of this? The second act is about uh, government. Uh, if if we don't allow governments to make war, we really shouldn't allow private enterprises to make war. Mm-hmm. Like that. That second part is a, is a straight up anti war message all around arms dealing and what happens when, uh, like I say, businesses are are incorporated by governments to do horrible things. Right. Third act is a flat out action sequence. It's yeah. got it's got a car chase. It's got gunfights. It's got a mech warrior. Like it is nothing but <laughs> it is nothing but an action escape in the third act. So my question is, for, for number one, did those flow together for you, or did you feel like they were three distinct things? And two, which of which of those did you like the most and not like? I mean, it definitely flowed together for me. I mean, I see the point of the three movies. It didn't feel like like there was a a real big break between those three movies. Right, I would agree with um, that. 
but uh, which which of those do I like best? I mean, I really I do like the 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 fake documentary style. I'm, I can't bring myself to say mockumentary because because of the reasons you brought up earlier. It's no Spinal Tap. It's the best <laughs> well, part of the, right, part right, of the right, reason right. it works so well is that it's extremely well done on the interviewers part, the interviewees mm-hmm. part. Those guys all kill it. Like it doesn't feel like one of those fake things where they're. Uh, responding in ways that feel like responses an, an actor would make. These sound like real people right. saying, right. "Yeah, this is what happened." And there was a point in the time, you know, the, the way they describe it is very realistic and really well done. I don't know if you guys know this. The one guy they kept coming back to all the time, kind of a messy-haired looking normal dude. I don't know what to call mm-hmm. him. Jason Cope. That guy. He's the he's the body double for uh for Christopher. So he's he's got double duty here. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, he's Christopher running around doing like mocap, mocap. Yeah, yeah, he's the mocap guy. And then at the and on the other end, he's one of these interviewees, which is uh, he's very effective there as well. So that guy doesn't get enough credit. But anyway, the whole that entire documentary bit really worked for me. But I don't see it as three movies. I see it as really good acts. It's like Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and Mm -hmm. and they are very good at, at at sewing them together sewing it up in the end uh the one part dunaway has brought up a few times is how he didn't find anybody likable in this that's one of the things i like about the movie is that vickis becomes more than he was and it's that i find that likable about him and i needed that i needed that journey because i wouldn't have believed it if it happened too quickly we literally see him transform yeah you know i mean we we do but we keep seeing it we keep seeing him transform and then flopping back he's he's definitely a flip-flopper and that's why i couldn't believe what he was doing at the end because i'm like it literally he even says if you don't go now i'm gonna flip-flop again i'm like i I just can't either you're heroic or you're not flawed heroes are are way more entertaining than flawed flawed heroes are okay but this guy is just a full-on one minute he'll be trying to save you next minute he's pulling the tubes out of your eggs and i mean i know (laughs) it was a little ways apart but it didn't feel apart enough i didn't see enough growth see i don't feel like i don't feel like he retreated back like even when they're down in the the fourth level underground mnu trying to get the uh the the tub of goo the tube of goo like even then he's like, well, I, I told you I could get you down here. I don't have a way out. And, uh, you know, he's not thinking about himself. Like, I think, oh, I, I, think just... had a, I think if that had had a breather with Christopher and, uh, Vickis, uh, and just had a little time to cement their relationship other than is there running away? Now you're my best friend. Five minutes ago, I was leaving you for dead. And now you're my best friend. Let's mm-hmm. go live together. I, it didn't. It didn't seem believable to me. <laughs> yeah, I I get it, and I, I I don't know. I don't know why this this movie. I don't know. I in my head, I would have I would have guessed. Somebody said, "All right, hey uh, Scott, what do you think Dunaway's going to think?" I'd go, "Oh, well, I'll he bet he, I'll bet he loves this as much as I do. I'll bet he is so into this movie." I would. Oh, I wouldn't. Too. I wouldn't have guessed that at all. Really, Brian yeah. Brian Dunaway loves movies that have schlock, and this movie yeah. is really <laughs> movie, free. This, this movie is quite it it, it border, borderline uh, hyper realistic. Like it goes to it goes to great lengths to, for instance, in the in the middle third where you finally go underground and see what this horrible organization is is doing. Uh, it goes to great lengths to try to like gross you out, like yeah. to really oh, yeah. uh, make you make you feel horrible. Yeah, and uh, like that's not Brian Dunaway's style at all. Brian likes a yeah. movie that's got some gross jokes. But that's fine. Yeah, 
I, uh, I, I, I like a, I like a, I like a mob boss in the center of a dump heap with, in a wheelchair wanting to eat arms as much as the next guy, but uh, not nearly enough of that. Yeah, that guy was, got a great a, death, though. Great, awesome death right. for that dude. Love I mean, that. This, yeah. we, uh, we, we got to talk about this movie's rating because I feel like it's, it's very R-rated because oh, yeah. of the themes. It's not necessarily... Sh- I mean, it is kind of showing you someone shooting at a pig carcass, but like it, even when it does, it's sort of like it happens really fast and you don't know if you really saw what you saw. But if you try to actually think about it, the theme is very R-rated, very adult. I, I agree, but I, I would also argue that the violence in the film is extremely violent. There are people being popped like balloons and blood being spattered on cameras behind them and heads being blown off. And like See, it's That a, doesn't seem violent to me. That just seems ridiculous because there, one... Right, one minute they're they're a human form, the next second they're just spray. I mean, the whole thing's just gone. It's, it reminded me a lot. This movie reminds me a lot of Starship Troopers doing that documentary, dropping into the characters, the, the over the top explosions of bodies. It's I will just, never just, ever just, allow anyone to compare Starship Troopers to I'm this sorry, time. It's the same it film. Feels like I thought Starship this is part Troopers two. Felt like such a pulp comic book compared to this. Yeah, Starship right. Troopers is also. A bad movie. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. No, no, no. I admit that we have our fun with it, and we. I really enjoyed it for Film Sack, and there's things I I enjoy about watching that movie. No, no question about it. But it's not good. And see, and see, and see. This is why Randy was not surprised with my take. Yeah, you like the schlock. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. And and also, uh, it raises the question: What makes a movie a good movie? Like. It's award season, and we're heading into that moment when we all find out the 10 movies that people who watch way too many movies think were uh, the best of the last year. <laughs> and, and we all go, oh, I, you know, I haven't heard of that, haven't heard of that, haven't heard of that. And you know, to answer the question, what makes a, a good movie is really hard. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. this, this is one of those things where it's just like, I think enough of, of District 9 was different to us like we just hadn't really seen anything like that before that we just were set to like it to say that's cool because we just like we're surprised i you know like i i never thought about a movie where a south african uh, government guy is walking around in a slum like it just like it it, is amazing to me so like i i'm willing to grade it higher right out of the gate because it's different, right? Right, right. I'm sure there's that for a lot in a lot of people's minds back then. I mean, we're looking at ten years now. This movie's ten years old. I think it holds up incredibly well visually, and I think effects wise, I think it's very organic looking. Like the way the aliens are sort of in the world still looks completely believable to me and not mm-hmm. weird. Alien design. Alien Thoughts design's awesome. Oh, fantastic! And yeah, you know what's great about that alien design? is it works perfectly to make you fear them when you first see them on camera. Like, oh my God, I'm glad these things are like locked away and fenced right. off and kept subjugated here. And then as you get to know them, you start, you know, you the, the, the xenophobia subsides. And you're like, oh my God, these are, you know, they're totally getting mistreated. No wonder they're fighting for scraps and, yeah. and, um, Right. Uh, Plus, they got those little T Rex arms that come out of their chest. What is that about? Right. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> I love those it, yeah. little, little shrimp, shrimp uh, right, legs. Little, little, yeah. yeah, those are those are rad. You, and they're just and, the, and when they start thing. getting close up shots of them, like when he's when Christopher's in the the bus and he's can't get to his son, and the mm. cameras the cameras slow down in there and kind of get up on his eyes and 
You know, it's right. you, you you begin the humanity of the alien, if that's a way of even saying that, starts to come through, and it really works for me. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel for them. I I I like that the movie goes in with this artifice of they're all gross, so get them out of here. Mm-hmm. And then you go, wait, they're individuals. They have individual things. They have people they care about. They have stuff they care about. Like it's right. it's a it's a it's just a really smart way of shoving that particular morality tail down our throat without it tasting bad for me anyway it's like a i'll tell you, I'll I'm tell not you being another preached thing to. yeah you know this is this movie was made by a guy named neil blomkamp and he is one of the first that i felt like was in my generation to make a major film like he was 29 when he made this uh paul verhoven who made starship mm-hmm. troopers is now 81 or something like mm-hmm. he he like a totally different generation and that really means something. I I think it gets through to you as an audience. Oh, this it's not just new and hip, but this is my generation telling this story. I I, I think I could feel it. Yeah, right. He's uh, uh you're correct. Let's see. He was born in '79. Well, he should. Oh, he's younger than you, it. right? Is he younger? Than <laughs> you? I know what I'm talking about. You're, you're you're older than he is, aren't you? How much? What, what's your when's your year? What's your birth year? Mine's '69. So where are you at? Randy, 60, 70, what, 75? I thought you were saying as my few, wife. I'm, I'm just a few years younger than you. And I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is, tell us he's, like, he's like a little old No, 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 no. The reason I, I'm, uh, the reason I'm at, well, it doesn't matter. The reason I'm asking, you were saying earlier something about somebody from your generation. I was just trying to figure out where this guy lands in terms of like, you know. Gen Xer? Yeah. And where, yeah, and where is he headed from here? Because now, because now I guess he spends all his time. He's got some new independent um, short film studio that he's all into. And that's why you haven't seen a lot of feature films come out of him. But. It's been announced that a new RoboCop movie is him making that. Um, there's nothing. There's no details on that. It's just announced, I guess. But uh, the fact that last year he said, I want to return and get back to the District 9 stuff, that should make everybody stoked. Like, I want the I, three mm-hmm. years later. Let's get down there. And I don't Did want you? it to be as simple as, hey, we're back to fix up uh, T-Pac Chopri Tro- or whatever his name is. Hey, Vickis, come out of the crowd and let's make you back into a human. That's not what I'm interested in. I just want to know what's next for... No, Ret- Retribution would be the sequel, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, right. would it? I don't know. Like, I, That's what I want to know, and I don't know if he's up to it. Maybe that's why it's taking this long. Is it this he challenging? He talked about doing a prequel as well, so I think a prequel may would be, fit better in because I don't think anything is gonna good is going to happen if the aliens come back after the way we treated. Well, Did, and... Uh, and I just wanted to a- answer the question you implied. Uh, Generation X is sixty-one to eighty-one. If you were born between sixty-one right, and eighty-one, right. you're in Generation X, and that's that's like a, a a generation that didn't really do as much in making entertainment as the one before it because the baby boomers got started before them. They kind of sucked up all the oxygen in Hollywood. Yeah. The the thing about a sequel for me is. Uh, there's a huge part of this story that isn't told yet, which is the global reaction to aliens from another planet. And it's mind-boggling that 20 years would go by in South Africa and no Western countries would have come and inserted themselves into this crazy occurrence. And so like, I'm like, all right, part two, let's talk about the stupid Westerners coming and getting involved, right? Like, that's a very interesting uh, potential plot. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. He's uh, so he went on to do Elysium and then Chappie, and I saw neither because okay. I've seen I've seen both. Both mm-hmm. both I've of those. Both as well, uh, you're gonna have to tell me because we both suffered from poor reviews at the time, and it made me nervous, and I didn't want to soil my 
Uh, you know, it's funny because both of them feel like like they're in this universe. Both of them have that that gunmetal with spray paint on it kind of feel to them. Like uh, uh, the people in Elysium live on uh, live on Earth in kind of slummy kind of conditions, while the the rich people live in a little space thing around the uh, around the Earth. Yeah, it, that would actually, I would say, between the two, by far, Elysium is far better, and I think Elysium. Um, what did it suffer from? Maybe just trying to be too high and mighty about itself. Hmm. Right. Um, Too much of, I mean, but this one does the same thing, right? I mean, not too high and mighty, but it does try to not just be an entertaining sci-fi thing, but also to say, Hey, look at these, you know, look at the way these people are, uh, these aliens are getting treated. Do you see anything familiar about this? (laughs) Right. Elysium is another apartheid story. Only it's, you know, humans versus human, the rich versus the poor. Right. And it, it just doesn't tell a personal enough story to be a 10 like it's a good movie mm-hmm. I think but it is, yeah i I'm, like it but you know matt damon is i I'm, I'm sorry it's really really hard to divorce him from jason Bourne, and so right. he just like i don't know there's not a there's not this personal story there there is i mean there there is a story of a person who desperately needs health care and <laughs> you know how you how you get it <laughs> But it's just you not. Don't, you don't forever see Matt Damon as Will Hunting. What? <laughs> no, it the 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 real plot of Elysium just doesn't touch your heart the way it should. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So and that's he announced. I... Uh, Blonde Camp announced, by the way, in 2018 or in uh, July of last year, that he is directing a new entry in the RoboCop film series where they're going to just skip. They're going to pretend that two and three didn't exist. From the original and run, from the original, from the 1980s RoboCop right. or 1990, and they're going to pretend like the one from the 2000s didn't exist. The at 2014 all. one, 2014, yeah, they'll yeah. just ignore that one as well. But this wow. will be a sequel to the original. Um, Put down your weapon. Put down <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, look, he yeah. if if there's anything you can take away from District Nine or some of his other movies is this feeling of. Uh, I don't know. There's a RoboCop vibe to it. It's grit. No, no. It's it's very gritty. The original RoboCop was very gritty as yeah. well. I think it would be a good marriage. I, that was one of my complaints about the 2014 RoboCop. While I did enjoy it, I thought it had, I thought it had some pretty good points, uh, but it did just seem a little bit too slick. Yeah, he it just seemed a little bit too. Um, I like the new one fine. It was good. I liked. I like Michael Keaton in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things to like about it, but uh, yeah, like I would like I would I would be happy to see whatever his take on on this stuff is. Yeah. What's interesting oh, is he was sure. originally hired or was going to be making a film based on Halo, the original Halo Combat Evolved mm-hmm. in 2001, and um, it was going to be directed by him. It fell through, and there was a bunch of change in hands there, and various people were involved. But Peter Jackson went to Bloom Camp and offered him that 30 million to make whatever he wanted. That turned out to be uh, District Nine. But imagine being 29 years old and pumping out. You know the small, small by all all accounts, like money wise, everything. That's that's a small effort, um, and having it be nominated for best picture, that must have been a hell of a thing for him. You know, mm-hmm. and how do you live up to that again? Like, what do you, what do you do later that 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 can't even comes close? And I, you know, I don't know that Elysium or Chappie did. Chappie has people hate Chappie. I, yeah. you know, I I thought Chappie. It, it really uh, Chappie really felt like it was part of the District Nine universe to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it was okay. I, di- I didn't. I don't. I don't ever have much opinions I one way or the other. I watched it for Chappie at all. Well, the cat the cast is awesome because you got like <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the whole Dantwerp. Uh... Oh yeah, they're in it. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's in it though. Sigourney Weaver. Like it's kind of a yeah. 
kind of a cool idea, but again, I avoided it because I was nervous. <laughs> I was like, oh no, right. not another one that's not good. I mean, like I didn't I I felt like he he had his sixth sense movie and then just like uh Shamalama Ding Dong, he keeps sucking it. Like I I get I'm so depressed to hear glass isn't that great. And and I'm not oh, hearing that just from reviewers. That. Anything oh. about it. I'm hearing it from oh. from friends who don't like it. Like friends who saw it and went, "Oh, Scott, you're going to be so sad." I'm still seeing it because I want that closure. But um, yeah. I am, you know, and maybe the maybe the benefit of that is I'm going to go in with lower expectations than I would have because Unbreakable and Split were so good. Yeah, is that is that why Bumblebee is getting such great reviews and ratings because be. people's like, expectations are just in the basement? Maybe, yeah, but I I be. really enjoyed it. I thought it was so good. Like it's Bumblebee shocked me how much fun it was, and I think there is a genuine sense of okay, this is how these could be. But I'm sure a piece of it is how disappointing the previous ones were, and this feels like mm-hmm. a break from that. So yeah, there's some of that. I, I'm sure it's good though. I'd say go see Bumblebee. Honestly, it's fun. Yeah. It's the most fun Better I have. I've, one of the most fun I've uh, times I've had in theaters. It was just a fun. Wacky. Is it more fun than District 9? Because that wouldn't be hard to do. Oh, it's more fun, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at District 9 from above, District 9's pretty fun in a gritty, fun sort of video game kind of way. But it's when you're down mm-hmm. in the in the muck in District 9 that things become less fun, I think. And and Brand, and Randy makes a really good point earlier about when he's being strapped in and they're figuring out that his hand can like set off these weapons and stuff. Right. That was so harrowing part of it is his performance and people should i don't we haven't given enough credit to this dude uh this actor is pretty much a nobody before in fact he wasn't even supposed to be in the movie uh the according to the trivia was like a camera staff guy and they just thought he had the look for it and i think he's really interesting to watch that that mm -hmm. was that was actually the one of the few times i almost connected with the character once again flip-flopping back and forth in my opinion vickus when uh, you know, five minutes earlier he was, you know, killing eggs, and then he had his little, you know, his little sick moment, and uh, then he then he's upset when they bring out a prawn and he has to shoot him, and he's like, not this guy, not this guy. I'm like, he had no trouble shooting him earlier. I mean, I, he hadn't had long enough to to grow at that point, and it just felt like. You mean when he was um, when they had him in the basement and they, they were, were trying one of the different weapons? Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They brought out that one prawn. And, uh, you know, as, as a viewer, I was like, oh, no, that prawn, he's like, he's so innocent. He's like a child and he's holding his hands like this and he's nervous. Mm-hmm. But then the character, uh, Vickis, was 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 torn about, no, no, don't make me shoot him. And I'm like, you haven't you haven't got it there yet. Why are you why are you? Worried I think he's gotten there because that because he's gotten to a place. He's he's gotten to a place he now still where very selfish at this point. I well, just don't know. It he just, was still selfish, so but it wasn't the same as before when he's unplugging eggs because to them because that meant right. nothing to him. He's like, well, these are just stinky. This is a stinky room full of eggs. I'm going right. to pull this. Ooh, right. listen, they'd sound like popcorn. It, That's on purpose. Later. I try. Well, it, I tried to feel it because I'm like, well, is it because he is uh, changing at, at a, you know, at a, at a DNA level? And is it is is his alienness? like giving him some kind of sympathy it didn't seem like real growth it seemed more like a mutation or something I, again I, again p- break the movie into thirds the first third right. uh charlotte copley ad-libbed all of his lines like it's I remarkable it what hmm. what a wow. tour de force for a first-time actor yeah. like the the bit where he gives his cohort a souvenir that's a souvenir for you and like oh my gosh it, it i felt like <laughs> 
that that is amazing scripting. And then when I found out it was ad libbed, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. That they just they had an idea of what they were going to shoot, and they just let this first timer just say whatever he wanted to say. Wow, that's really freaking cool. Yeah, it is. That's what happens when you have a thirty million dollar budget. Yeah, why not just say what you want? Spend it on whatever you want, I guess. Uh, Speaking of, uh, Neil Blomkamp said that uh, they considered Arnold Schwarzenegger for the lead role. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, there is. Hey, is this a good time for your? uh, You you wanted to talk about the guns, the weaponry. Mm. So we're talking about him in the basement and the vector. Yeah, who who are we talking about here? Have we ever talked about vector guns before? No, no, no. Yeah, so that's a South African type. Um, it's uh, been they've been around for a, a long time. Uh, they are usually they they are like plated with real cool curvy sidings, hmm. and so uh, they just went with uh, what they had. Uh, like they they added some really cool like uh, colors to these. Like they they had a bunch of a, a rack of Vector CR twenty one guns that have been painted white, hmm. and I thought that looked really hmm. cool. That is cool. But yeah, but that's that's it, man. There's not a there's not like a, a really like uh you know a, a big deal around the guns. They just uh you know they just cobble together some crap. It's it's funny. Like nowadays, you would go to uh, 3D printing to make crazy guns for a movie, right, but right. this movie was made right before 3D printing really became a thing. Yeah, I'm looking at some of them now. Some of them are pretty weird. I mean, they obviously went to greater lengths with like his. Uh, his gravity push gun thing that would send those guys flying out of the room. Like that's not, I don't see anything here that looks like that, but yeah, like, like these are weird. Oh my gosh. Look at that thing. Yeah. These are crazy, dude. Boy, South Africa. They're like, you know what? We're, what are we known for? Apartheid, cool accent and weird ass weapons. Right. Speaking of weapons, the, uh, the, the most powerful weapon they used when they had the assassination of his character by implying that he was having sexual relations with mm. the uh, aliens, and that's how he and he contacted right. some kind of STD. I thought that was, I thought that actually was pretty effective. I do like the uh, the, the equivalent of the National Enquirer of South right. Africa yeah, showing man. photos of him with the, right. with the aliens, yeah. leaked photos. Wow, look at that! Yeah. That's really cool. All right, um, I found you a gross moment. Who's got one? It's a oh lot of stuff. God. I know, I know stuff. exactly the one that you probably. Moment. All I right. think it was. I think it was uh, Vikas going into the the bathroom at work and pulling his fingernails off with his teeth. Close, oh, but not there. Horrible. That's up there. It's in the top three, but that ain't it. There's a worse one. There's a worse <laughs> All right. one. So for me, for me, even worse because that sets you up for the worst thing for me, which was like just minutes later he has a surprise party and projectile vomits all over the buffet (laughs) all over the cake (laughs) that one didn't get me either because it was black oil stuff by then it was like blue black looking goo and it was i think the the part that kind of was oddly uh oddly kind of made me go what was that was the part where he was uh eating the cat food and uh, he finds something in the cat food that was so disgusting that he had to stop and he pulled it out like a was his tooth, wasn't it? Or was his tooth? No. Was that his tooth? Well, yeah. He eventually mm-hmm. started pulling yeah. out teeth. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But there was something. There was something that he pulled out. There was like a skin as well from the cat food about the same time, and then he pulled the tooth out. Yeah. And I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if that was connected Gro- or not. Gross, but just... not gross enough. I'll tell you what it was. Here you go, Randy. You have a guess? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's a real basic one for me. Oh man. 
It's still to I, this moment. There's just, just it, like, the movie is so gross all the time. You know, yeah. right? All, all the time. All right, is it vomit related, Scott? Very vomit related. So there's is it when this... is the first time he vomits on the side of the uh, the shack and just kind of wipes his mouth with his uh, sleeve. Not that wasn't even a problem. Here's where it got to be okay. a problem. So it's that moment right. when he's yakking back there. For some uh-huh. reason, he's got his hand up while he's doing it. And as the documentary crew starts to creep in and that little uh, friend of his in the suit starts to creep in and ask if he's okay, he says he's yelling, turn off the camera, turn off the camera while he's barfing and he's waving his hand back at him and throwing little particulates of barf (laughs) all over the place. It's very rough. It's getting on their clothes. It's getting on their stuff. Like he's just flicking his vomit behind him. And it is very, it's really gross. Like... My least favorite thing I saw in the whole movie was him throwing vomit with his hand. Uh, but you all had good picks. Nice job. You, you did a fine job. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, it's, uh, let's see. Surprise party is my idea of the worst thing ever I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially imagine. when you walk in and tell your wife the first thing you tell off is, I think I may have crapped my pants. Yeah. <laughs> That he just kept st- that was part really gross. He, he just kept staying around, talking, just shaking hands, and like, nope, not me, buddy. I'm yeah, out. Made me legit anxious. I was just like, yeah, I would get yeah, out of here so freaking fast. I uh, just uh, would you like to sit down? No. Yeah. <laughs> and earlier, when he's eating nothing but like fried fish and stuff, I'm just like, what are you doing to yourself, dude? This is oh, none yeah. of this is gonna be good. You're gonna be the sickest dude ever. Yeah. The, all of that was just very anxiety-inducing, but also an important you know, crossover moment mm-hmm. where we were done there and now he's got a hand with a claw on it. So there's that. Um, and then I wrote, um, uh, would love a follow-up. And that's all the notes I had because I love this movie and there's really I, not a lot yeah. for me to criticize. I don't have anything to criticize. I don't have much to, 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 I, to hate about it. I, the only I had to go, I, I'm sorry, I had to go look at screen it, which I never do for these movies, but I had to go look at screen it and find out how many times the F word was used in this movie mm. because it's, mm-hmm. It's like it's a modifier for every noun that's spoken in this movie. Yeah. And it, uh, they, they claim it's 137 uses of the F wow. word, which totally makes sense to me. That's about right, you know, my reckoning. And it was just like you get, you get tired of it. It's almost like, like <laughs> could, they, could they not? Like why is he – like every other sentence has the F word in it. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's not just the F word. It's like this weird fookin like – Right, right. <laughs> funky, funky version of the F word, which is super weird to hear uh, people say all the time in it. But it it almost makes it so it doesn't sound like they're swearing to me. Like to me, it's like watching an Irish movie or something. You're just like, oh well, they're just that's just a weird word, and <laughs> that's how they Irish do. They just yeah. But I'm I'm. Uh, it's funny. I watched this last night and went, oh, I gotta I gotta make Nick watch this. Like, why why haven't I shown this to? Yeah, I would like to, to see my kids' reactions because they they grew up during that uh, more documentary style filmmaking and uh, found footage kind of stuff, and uh, that seems to appeal to them. I'd be interested in seeing what they feel about it. Yeah, I think he'd really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I still have trouble connecting whenever I see any of these these even it's not even found footage anymore. It's, it's online footage like the the Facebook movies where you know someone murdered somebody and all of us done through like a messenger app or something with video. You know, there there was the one that just came out recently that somebody, uh, somebody around the shows, either a guest or somebody was talking about saying it was really good. And it was the one that just came out. It was a missing. Yeah. uh, uh, With a, what's it with a, with uh, a Kai, not Chekhov. 
Kumar, uh, Harold Kumar, Kumar dude. There yes. you go. <laughs> Harold, I Kumar, to Harold Kumar, I was trying dude. to get to it. <laughs> With the guy, you know, Harold Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the actor's name, but... Uh, What's his name? I know it, too. Kai Pen? Kai Cal Pen. Cal Pen. Cal Pen. That's it. He's not, he's not the one. He's not Harold. He's Kumar. Right. right. Yes. Right. <laughs> Harold is uh, is Sulu, right? Do I have that right? That's I think. Yeah, I thought it was Sulu that was in that because I don't think it was Cal Penn. It oh, was, uh, have you got? Oh, have we that's where I was up? trying to get to. Oh, <laughs> oh, what's the name of that movie? <laughs> it was it was, cool. it was John Cho. Yeah. Uh, John. Um, oh, John Cho. Yeah, that's the right other now. guy. John searching. Cho. searching, 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 searching. Uh, no, that's the name of the movie. Is searching? Oh, <laughs> searching. Oh, it's like you were searching. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm searching as fast as I can, damn it. God's sakes. <laughs> I thought you were really like a robot telling us searching, searching, <laughs> searching, searching. searching. No <laughs> results found. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. We've never that's really had really a good funny. who's on first moment in the show, and we just had no, it. That was, that was absolutely <laughs> it. That was great. Yeah. Uh, searching somebody around the show was saying that that was really, really good and, and needs, to be, uh, needs to be watched as one of the best of the use you know the internet as a character the internet as a right. plot device kind of thing um, i want to yeah. i want us to watch the fairly recent film killing gunther but it just won't go get on streaming what Come is on. that mm. what is killing gunther that's where uh, it's like a friend's follow-up movie is that no that's gunther that's gunther i'm sorry that's yeah central park <laughs> becomes a blood of, fest uh, i was thinking of adventure time uh killing gunther oh this has got yeah. uh, uh, schwarzenegger in it what is this? Yeah, it's a, it, it's described as a group of disgruntled and eccentric assassins who band together to kill the world's greatest hitman, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I, I just like it's supposed to be in a mockumentary style. Everything about it screams film sack to me. Oh my gosh, four point seven out of ten on uh, IMDb. That's Let's perfect. See. That's the ratings I like to see. <laughs> you have Dunaway's attention. Yeah. I love movies that are around a five out of ten. That means they're good. So is this what he does now? He just is making one or two weird things I've never heard of. Is that what's? Yep, that's what Schwarzenegger does now. Uh, He, you know, he he doesn't like get into these really high budget things anymore because of his baggage. Yeah, and also he just it seems like he doesn't really want to take a big chance. He would rather get paid a moderate amount of money to make a movie that no one's going to see yeah. than anything else. Apparently, to me, it's weird that he cares about making them at all. Like you're, you're, you were governor before that. You were the most bankable star in the '80s and '90s. You've got money rolling in every day from every possible angle. Why, why do you even care? Like, what do it's, you it's mm-hmm. funny how we, as 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 a society, especially in the U.S., look at uh, actors and expect them. To not only act, but to keep topping themselves throughout all time and just to keep growing. And I, I don't know. It just, I, I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, every time I, every, and, and then if they, if some, if an actor decides that they want to go on a different path, people just look at him and go, are you crazy? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Why, why are you doing this stupid thing? You should have continued your acting career until you exploded. I don't know what's supposed to happen. Yeah. But, uh, and and of course, as always, Schwarzenegger is always attached to these upcoming films that seem huge or at least seem notable. Like he's perpetually attached to triplets, a sequel to twins <laughs> and to another Conan movie. Always. There's always another Terminator you, movie in the future that he's attached to. And it's like 
I'm sorry. That's just not what. That's not going to happen. I'm, mm. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Is, He's going to Danny DeVito. It. Is Danny DeVito immortal? Just speaking of twins, because <laughs> the man does not look any older today than he did in Texas. Like, wow. like he he aged to a point where he was really uh, creepy and funny looking, and right. stopped there. Yeah, is what you're saying. Like, yeah. He looks exactly the same. He had his <laughs> finger up Michael Douglas's butt in an episode of that show that's on Netflix right now. <laughs> And it was so weird to see those two together because they were last time I think the they were Kaminsky together method? was like yeah Kaminsky me- method. Oh, is that and what they called it? Yeah, he was his proctologist <laughs> in that. And was that move known as the right. Kaminsky method? And there and they they were in Romancing the Stone and War of the Roses and some of that stuff in the eighties. You look at him now and you go, oh, Danny DeVito not changed, looks identical. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas looks like he's ready to explode into a pile of dust. Like, it's the craziest thing how Danny DeVito just doesn't budge on the age scale. I don't get it. And and if you're sitting out there listening to us and you're wondering, wait, triplets? Who's the third? It's Eddie Murphy. And he also looks pretty much like like he's perpetually 50 years old. So he and Danny DeVito... He and Danny DeVito are going to look so much younger than Schwarzenegger, who now looks like he's 110. Like, it just makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, whatever's going on with him, let science sort it out in the end. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right. What? Wait, wait. What? Am I reading this right? I was looking at Eddie Murphy. See how he looked. He looks good. But uh, I'm seeing there's a Coming to America two. Yeah. I heard can about you get that. Can you get away with Coming to America two in today's sure. terms? Sure. I mean, sure. Why not? All right. Go for it. Let's get in there. Let's have McDowell's again. Let's have uh, you got <laughs> Soul glow, yeah, uh, glitter hair. You yeah. got to give what's his name a job. He hasn't done anything in a while. What's his name? The who, who, is that who, Eric Lasalle? No, the Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall. Get him in there. What's he doing? He had a show. He had a sh- he had another show not too long ago, like a little resurgence. I don't think it lasted oh, really? very long. You yeah, mean like a talk show? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. Yeah. It lasted he, like he a hot from... five minutes. Yeah. It didn't do well. Huh. But yeah, bring him, bring him back. You know, get the whole family back together. Eric LaSalle was in that. I forgot he was. Come in on, that. Eric LaSalle, just... yeah, from ER. Yeah, yeah. The that's ER another guy. ER. Boy, how many ER connections can I bring up in uh, films <laughs> right. related to film sack? Yeah, no kidding. Hey, Randy, you had mentioned the sequels. Uh, there's one that doesn't need to be made coming to America. But how about a Harlem Night sequel? How no. about that? Would you? Oh, I'd love sign up that. for that. No. I never saw the original. <laughs> Should I? No. Yes. Yeah, so oh my so gosh. Yes. Freaking good. It's and and the thing great. is, it's like a, it's like a, a, a it's like a collection of 70s and early 80s stand up comics. Mm-hmm. And like, I would love to see the current version of that. Like, maybe with a with a couple of like Eddie Murphy thrown in there to sort of right. like hand hand the baton forward. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it would be so fun. Yeah, right. I don't know, like a Hannibal Burris and those kind of guys. Oh, I love Hannibal yeah. Burris. Okay, yeah. now okay, now uh-huh. you now you've All mentioned right. him. There's a new generation that could do that material justice. I mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea, actually. Hannibal Burris, dude, that guy's great. Oh my gosh, he is. No one makes me quite laugh like he does. I think <laughs> special brand of laughter. By the way, do not. Here's some advice before we go to clips. Do not watch. I think anyway, this is my recommendation. Don't watch that new Brian Regan thing on Netflix. Oh yeah, that's hard. It's horrendous. It's so bad, and he's the I funniest guy. Regan. I know he's one of my favorite stand-ups. He's hilarious. His specials, watch those. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with his specials. So this isn't a stand-up special. This is what, like a, a sitcom kind it's of It's a series, okay. but it's not a sitcom. It's him standing. It's him doing stand-up, and for some reason, right. they had this, what they thought was a brilliant idea of having a producer off to the side yelling things like, oh, that's crazy. Really? 
Interesting. Right. And then he'd do a joke imagine, and they go, oh, can you imagine that? It's Imagine Dave Chappelle, imagine mm. the Dave Chappelle show, but not not like that. But it, it is, it's kind of like that similar format where he kind of does a little stand up and then he'll he'll break into a they'll break into a, a, a pre-recorded skit. Uh, based on his comedy, I love his comedy, but it it's bad. yeah that 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 show kind of fell a little bit flat. Does not work. It's just a broken mess, and he is real funny. He's he's love Brian Regan. If you want to see I Brian mean, Regan in a very him. funny non stand up role, watch him in um oh what's it called ah the uh, the a one movie? with the Office Space guy, and it's got Will Sasso in it. It's on the it's on that new uh, audience network. It's hmm. very funny, and I can't remember the name of it. You guys would love it. Ibit would freaking you would wow, love how, that. Yeah, show. how have I not heard about this? It's uh, well, it's because it's the Audience Network, so nobody's heard of it. But I've never even heard the Audience Network. Yeah, it's, it's louder, really louder milk. Louder milk is so freaking okay. funny, and it has heart. It's a great little show, and it's um, and he's in it. Brian Regan's one of these guys. It's basically an Alcoholics Anonymous group huh. group that this Peter dude runs. Fairley? yeah yeah yeah, it, yeah peter fairly makes it so co one of the fairly brothers is behind this thing yeah and the other fairly brother directed a couple of them but it's very very funny and uh we were laughing our heads off sat in a hotel while we were out of town and uh, we were surprised by it so i can't wait till that stream somewhere or something so people can get a taste of it because it's very good yeah and it's it sucks because it's on a channel no one's heard of but it's a very <laughs> funny little show and he's great on it. Brian Regan's character is really, really funny. Muggsy. <laughs> yeah, Muggsy. He's really good at his Muggsy. Um, all right, clips. Uh, there aren't a ton, I have mm. to admit. There's a, uh, there's just not, I mean, there's a lot of yelling in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few moments, but this is not going to be a long clips uh, segment. But here goes. Let's give you the first one. This is those Nigerians and their cat food scam. The Nigerians had various scams going. One of them was the cat food scam. I love this. It's like throwing shade on the whole Nigerians are in charge of all scams. Right, exactly. Like, I'll mail you a million dollars and you just send me a bunch of cat food. Yeah. I'm a prince. Yep. Yeah, I'm a prince and I'm in this prison. Help me out. All right, here's some some of that documentary style stuff. Okay, you, you're gonna just you're gonna cut that part, hey, Tim. Out with this. Yeah. It sprays. No, 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 don't worry. We'll cut that. Yeah, of course. We just found a dangerous uh, object here. Uh, it has a fluid in that I suspect might leak onto people or cause damage. So we just check that in and we take that down nicely to the lab. It's not a weapon, but it's it's dangerous. He's got a weapon somewhere here. I'm telling you, my sense is telling me that. I love it. I love his voice. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, I, I do too. That accent, it's just so. It's it's a hard accent to try and impersonate because it goes, it's not like a straight New Zealand or a straight German or you know it's got all these different pieces and parts in it. Yeah, there. it's this well, weird. And he's mashup. from South Africa, right? Like, well, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he he's not doing an accent; he's just talking, which is is the the way to do it. Yeah. Right? Like, he does a really think, good American we, accent, though, if he wants to. He did a good job in that A Team remake. That was, that sure. Was, I'm just saying. I think we would have freaking hated it oh, if somebody yeah. who who didn't oh. know who didn't really know the accent had affected it. Yeah, this was Brad Pitt. We'd all be shooting ourselves. <laughs> I yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I I can yeah. kind of deal with that. What was that movie where he was Irish? Uh, the guy uh, Richie Snatch. Thing? Snatch. I kind of can deal with that, but yeah. Well, because that one's so over the top that uh, yeah. it works. But like the partial, like Brad Pitt is the 
British engineer tasked with saving the uh, oh, <laughs> saving no. the world would not would not work. No. Hey, by the way, yeah. so he sprayed some of that black goo from the uh, pipe that they'd been trying to collect for twenty years. Yeah. That you know will get them off off the planet. Um, are they going to make it like nine tenths of the way to their planet because some of that yeah. stuff sprayed on uh, well, Vegas's face? No, because yeah. that's not the same tube. Out. They went and found the other tube at the at the place. That wasn't the same. The, tube. The I assume tube that was that a they found tube. in the trash pile. It, they poured the goo from that tube into this yeah. one to make like to make the fuel. Oh. Well, maybe they only need a little of that fluid. I don't know. I I, I didn't. I, I assumed it was all, more fluid. It's all cooked down anyway. The original stuff they have has to be boiled down to something that was put I, into the I other thought, tube. Yeah, Brian. I thought the whole point of this tube of fuel was to get the control ship back up to the big ship. Like that's that was my my oh, impression. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah so they should only gotten nine tenths away up to the control the big ship. The big ship, and then fallen back into the storm. <laughs> right. That's what Damn you, Vickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know why. I assumed it was another tube, but I guess you're probably right. It's probably the sample he brought back, right? Oops. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, well, plot hole. Uh, here's uh, what's this? Oh, it's a. This is one of the things he says. It makes me laugh. Here you go. Hello, little guy. <laughs> Hello, little guy. <laughs> I'm a sweetie man. I'm a sweetie, sweetie man. man here. It's the sweetie man coming. <laughs> wow. He kept calling them sweeties. That's kind of yeah. endearing somehow. I'm sure that's what you do over there, but it's, it cracks me up. It's like, hey, here's some candy. Nope, it's, here's some sweeties. All right, let's cut some cake. Okay, let's cut some cake. Cut some cake. And so that didn't work. That worked for you here, but not when we watched... Uh, Young Guns. Is that what you're saying? Right. Uh, the, the peyote scene in Young yeah. Guns. It's yeah. the, no, my problem with the peyote scene is it went on for 10 hours. That's my biggest <laughs> problem with the peyote scene. I don't okay. mind that they all got high on peyote. It, they just took half their movie to tell that story. I hated that bit. Uh, here's uh, Love the Sound of the Aliens is what I wrote here. I think they're cool. I like. Yeah, them. they said that the, um, the sound of the aliens talking was done by rubbing a pumpkin. So, like, I imagine you, you kind of wet your hand a little bit and go <laughs> on the side of a pumpkin yep. to make that noise. Weird. I don't even want to know yeah. how you discovered rubbing a pumpkin makes that. It's in the rubbing a pumpkin sound like a uh, <laughs> euphemism for something else? Yeah, no, what, go home and rub the pumpkin. what Dunaway's saying is how do you, how'd you figure, is it saying the trivia how they this stumbled the upon that? Like, how they no. figured it out, though? No, I'm it just sure says rubbing no, a pumpkin. This, okay. is probably a old, this is probably an old thing that people have known for years was blum camp sitting around halloween one night going hey this is funny right. hurt, hurt, hurt. i'm gonna use that someday <laughs> it's really weird listen to that i want to i want to see that now i want to see that yeah now. you don't want to see don't, yeah, don't, get, the, don't, don't get the district Google 9 blu-ray edition i'm sure there's like scenes of them rubbing pumpkins in the the special features see that's rubbing pumpkins i'd rather watch five hours of rubbing pumpkins than 20 minutes of the scene. oh my god there's a video there's a video on youtube multiple videos part one part two and part three how to rub your pumpkin really oh my god what how look at this to guy. rub your pump oh my god can is that really a thing Oh, how look at this guy. Yeah, he's in. Look it. at this guy. He looks like a pumpkin. Yeah. So there's a pumpkin yeah. rubbing a pumpkin. Yeah. So now I'm just Can you give us a link or uh... <laughs> Hold on. I'm a, I'm a well, I thought you could Google how to roll a pumpkin. I didn't oh, think I'm doing that now. Hold on a oh, second. 
Oh, that guy, the Gene Shallot looking dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gene Shallot oh looking God. dude. There, okay. I posted the list. In case you can't Google. <laughs> this guy is enjoying it way too much. Oh, my God. Uh, I would recommend people look that up on their own. Look that <laughs> up. And uh, it I think that's, that is an animated gift just waiting to happen, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. In fact, I think I'll do that later. It makes a wild noise, too. Oh, anyway. Oh, I have the sound down. That is mm. hilarious. Um, <laughs> wow. That's really good. All right. Here's, um, hmm, what's this? Oh, uh, Nigerian Batman talking about eating arms. Here you go. I told you that the day will come. You'll be running around with my prize. All I want is to eat that arm and become like you. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Buddy. He never once told him you'll be running around. It, it, he didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't say you'll be running around with my prize, and I would. No, he didn't, but he, but he did yeah. say that I'm going to get you. I'm going to find you. Yeah. yeah, he did say that part. I, I was yeah. okay with that. Yeah, yeah. he's in turn, uh, I mean, interpretation I guess, there. You know, it's just as unlikely that eating that arm would make him turn into a prawn as getting some of that fuel sprayed in your face would make you start turning into a prawn. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. He got his though with that little remote uh, shocker thing. Yes, the little thing going into his head, and yeah. that's really good. <laughs> By the way, the actor is Eugene Kumbaniwa. Yeah. Good Kumbaniwa. Job. Yeah. And he is he is working. Yeah. Man, he gets he had since this movie, he was in Chappie. He was in uh a a, a, movie, a movie called The Roar, which actually now that I see it looks really good to me. Yeah. Uh uh, uh he was in Death Race Inferno, which I can't tell whether or not we watched it for film sack because I don't know anymore. <laughs> I know I've lost track of which one of those we have or yeah, haven't seen. I know it's oh, there I is a newer. Out keeping track of which Death Race movies we've seen. There, there's a newer, newish one that we haven't seen, but I don't know what it's called. It's it's newer than the last one we saw. The last one we saw was the. Oh, that was so bad. Did we really do that? We did do that, didn't we? That was such a bad. That was the one with. Um... Maggie from The Walking Dead, right? Uh, no, that was the old one. The Maggie from The oh. Walking Dead one is okay. The one we saw was like a more recent, like direct to Netflix, like brand new green screeny looking. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. And it was bad. Oh, they really are all blending together for me. Yeah. This is a problem. We're going to have to figure our crap out. But before mm -hmm. we do any of that, it's the checklist. <laughs> the film sack checklist kind of made me never want to eat shrimp again. Check. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, little kid prawns are cute. Check. He was cute. I like that kid. Mm -hmm. And the worst <laughs> night, the worst Nigerian scam in in one. Oh, is the one where they eat your arms? Check. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, track connection. There are none. Daryl sent us uh, tried as he tried and tried and could not find a single Star Trek connection anywhere near this thing. So. I don't know if there's a hidden it, one it, or whatever. It shows it's crazy the, that there isn't, yeah. yeah. But it shows the purity of the filmmaking. Like, yeah. they really stuck with South African cast and crew mm -hmm. and so on and so on. Sure. And and it does seem like Copley could have been maybe in something since, but no. I, I don't know why I think that. I just think he's been in other stuff since, right. and he could well, be in a Star I've Trek movie. I've heard Peter Jackson likes Star Trek. How's that? Yeah, that works. That's fine. Uh, let's see. The Lord of the Rings television series recently secured Star Trek film. How about that? Lord of the Rings. Wait, what? Say that again. Lord of the Rings recently uh, secured Star Trek Lord film? Lord of the Rings television series recently secured Star Trek film. 
What is that? That's a terrible headline. That oh, makes no sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't even understand that. I, I don't even understand what it says either. I was just reading the headline. I know that Amazon Amazon got a series, a Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. That's happening, but I don't know what the Star right. Trek connection is. That's weird. Don't either. Uh, Lord of the Rings television series uh, scares Star. Oh, he secured Star Trek writers J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. Oh, it was it was a dot 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 dot. dot yeah. Was you know, those a couple of dot dot dots at the end of that? There was uh, an ellipsis. Oh, that, that, I, had, I had a click. Had a clickbait it. So. Yeah, nice job. Well done, clickbait. You got Brian Dunaway today. <laughs> Succeed. <laughs> uh, uh, the soundtrack great. I'd give it a G for great. I really liked it. Thought it was appropriate in every possible way and was super cool and totally fit the the vibe and i love the i love at the end when that robot's kind of starting to fail and he's gotten shot to crap and mm-hmm. you start to get the african singing and 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 stuff is just totally cool for that it's oh, a yeah area God, i know. want one of those i want one of those mechs so bad that can do the little magnet so hold all the bullets in a little ball yeah, and then fling cool. them back out at everybody <laughs> no the magnet's awesome and the and the from tiny movie for a first guy directing like all that stuff mm-hmm. they really mm-hmm. pull off some effects man like that truck that run, tries to run it over and just kind of flies over it. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, man. Yeah. That whole sequence is real great. Uh, and I love when he popped the guy up in the in the sniper's nest. Just. just oh, yeah. <laughs> just like a great <laughs> man. If I'm going to die, look, if I'm dying, that's the way I want to go one day. For sure. Right. There is no suffering. You are, you, you exist and then you don't. Yep. And everyone around <laughs> you can suffer because they've got you all over them. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got goo, I've got goo all over me. Yeah, I have Brian on me. Anyway. And uh, that, that music, Scott, was that you did hear in the movie was composed by Clinton Shorter. He's a uh, Vancouver composer. Uh, he's been doing all the music for the Expanse TV series. Oh, I love the music oh. in the Expanse. That explains why I like that so much. Awesome. So instead of a Star Trek connection, we have an Expanse connection. That's yeah, all right. That's, that's totally all right. Or a Vancouver connection. Sure. Like a lot of lot the of things Vancouver we connection. watch have a Vancouver connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's connected in Vancouver now. All of it. Uh, here's your uh, Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 100, sorry, 280 characters or less. I don't know why I still say that. It's written right here as 280. I don't know. My brain is just. I love it. It's too many Don't ever change that. Don't ever, don't ever adjust. Well, let's see how you guys do in our 280-character, 10-years-on episode of FilmSack and sum this film up. Let's start with Randy. District 9. Getting squirted on the face will change your life just like a Saturday night at Ibbitt's house. <laughs> That's true. Hey, another, by the way, another 09 movie, the year we started FilmSack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Brian Dunaway. District 9er, a great sci-fi movie funded primarily with cat food and pumpkin rubbins. <laughs> Mmm, <laughs> like another Saturday Delicious. night at Ibbitt's house, sure. And then mm. finally, Brian Ibbitt. District 9. This finally explains what the black sauce is that my local Chinese restaurant serves in their quote-unquote prawn surprise. Nice. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. Uh, well, that's all well and good and everything, but we have to do this. These are the alternate titles just handed to me. This was almost called Flickus Vickus Dickus. Uh, but that wow. didn't stick. Monty Python reference right there. Yeah. Life of Brian. There baby. you go. Well done. Or the adventures of projectile pig. Mm. We didn't talk about that pig that he <laughs> yeah, that pig shot. Got, he picked oh, up yeah, the shot across. Yeah. That was yes. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It was a pretty pig awesome goes. thing, except for the pig, I guess. So the pig probably suffered greatly for that. But Pork munition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that brings us to an email that we got from another Brian. Uh, he goes by Volduran in his oh, hi, internet things. Uh, Brian with a Y in this case. Anyway, he says, hey, Sackers, I've been a faithful listener since Kroll. Well, that's the very beginning. Very nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. says, but I have a minor beef to air with you guys over the recurring topic and discussion, namely the quote-unquote right method of time travel. The most recent occurrence was episode 405 with Terminator Salvation, but that by no means is the first time you discuss the topic. Well, that's, that's true. My issue is with labeling time travel as being right or wrong, unless you're talking about relativistic time travel, such as shown in the first 90% of Interstellar. There is no right way to time travel. It's pure fiction. You might uh, as well start talking about the right way to gain superpowers or the right lightsabers to use. Or, okay. or the right way to cast a magic spell. All of these things, like time travel, are made up and can be shown however the creators like, and none of them can be wrong. I understand you might have prefer- preferred a version and even divide them into good or bad according to your preferences, but let's stop calling them right and wrong. Thanks for all your entertaining work. Another it, Brian. So so this uh, this uh, thanks for the email, Brian. You're, you're, what you're calling for is a, a, a absolute suspension of the disbelief, right? Yeah. So uh, you're you're basically saying that the the minute we get into something that's fictional, we should just buy into whatever is established in that fiction. And we're saying that viewers just don't do that. You you watch a movie and you sort of grade it internally based on how realistic it is to you from your perspective, as though you were in its universe. And there, time travel is really really tricky, and it activates that that uh, it kills your suspension of disbelief when it's misused. You know, I like, I just, I think that's just how people are. Like I, I envy you if you're able to never have your suspension of disbelief killed (laughs) by a bad storytelling. Like, I I think that's awesome. But the rest of us, we just, we don't like we, we're watching along and we want there to be, we want there to be good continuity. And if the continuity doesn't make sense, we give up, we throw our hands up. Yeah. I think that's a fair way of putting it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say I, I totally take his point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I guess with time travel, the, my problem is it's it throws me off so much when something's done the way I would say would be wrong that I can't focus on the rest of what you're trying to show yeah. me. It's, it's a logic yeah. problem, right? Once once our logic has been uh you know, question is like, okay, well, I got to figure this little problem out. But wait, wait a second, I'm gonna take out my sheet of paper. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm not watching the movie anymore. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I I have trouble with time travel. Usually, I can just shake it off. Like to me, in Terminator Salvation, I don't consider it a timeline problem. I don't consider it time travel. I consider it alternate realities that just kind of stack up. It's like, okay, this is what would have happened if this happened. So each time, I don't think. I think each one of the films has stood alone in its universe uh, or reality, and so it doesn't it doesn't bother me that they hmm. jump around. Yeah, no, it's uh, Terminator. Uh, yeah, and there are other movies like we always talk. We always bring it back to the future where we don't have a problem because the, right. the fun and the and the excitement and the whatever around it is enough to rise above it. So I guess that's exactly. maybe the trick is rise above it, and then you'll be okay. I don't know. But I do like the idea of arguing about the right way to make a lightsaber and what's right. What's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> that is a topic for a future film like site for sure. sure. Yes, we're definitely be doing that. Yeah. Or maybe we already did and we just went back right. in time and deleted. I was so well. The difference is, I was so young when I when I uh, first learned about lightsabers that I took that to be factual, whereas time travel, I really didn't approach as a 
you know, thought process until I got older. It wasn't really something that was just, you know. Right. The other problem with looking at this stuff as pure fiction is you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble because what ends up happening is we innovate as a species based on sometimes things that seem fanciful and, and fake, but we end up innovating in that direction because we're inspired by it. Uh, I saw a video the other day. Somebody's figured out how to make a a set length uh, electric sword that is pure electricity and nothing else. And right. that's a lightsaber or at least an early version wow. of it. Right. So. Yeah. It may not be practical. There may not be any sort of quick use for it or whatever, but we sometimes get there. I would argue, you know, cell phones or communicators, uh, flat screens on Star Trek desks in the 60s looked like complete fiction. And now they're right. not just not complete fiction. They're an everyday part of everything we do constantly. So 3D printers or replicators, essentially, we're getting there. Yeah. So there's a danger. I think there's a little bit of a danger in just throwing all of that stuff under the the same fictional rug and saying, well, it's all fake. So why do we care? Um, because I think some of that stuff can come to fruition. Now, will time travel do that? Probably, probably not. But I don't know. I don't know. I have no I idea. Know. Why not? Why? Why? Why is time travel unimaginable? I mean, we already kind of accept that there's infinite, you know, infinite everything out there. Why? Why do we think that it's not possible that it could happen? Yeah, it's a weird. You know, it, it, it's a weird thing that we do as people, and I don't ever want to get to a place where we're like, well, this is all fake. Why? Why? You know, I. I, I not, I'm not saying that even the the, the listener saying that. I'm just saying. Right, right. I think it's important for us to just have an open mind about this stuff because it ends up coming around. Like mm-hmm. it just ends up coming around. Like I I fully believe food replicators are not that crazy. Oh no. Like, we just got to get there. However we get there, we'll get there. Got to figure out what that substance is. I mean, we're already almost there with the Impossible Burger, which is almost meat. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Lab grown meat is not only a thing, but we're mm-hmm. getting to the place where it tastes great and. Where it's looks actually okay. getting good reviews. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, just. But thank you for that email, Brian, with a Y. Yeah. That we like, always like hearing from more Brian's. We don't have enough Brian's yeah. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Not enough Brian's in the world. <laughs> so our next movie is this. Uh, oh, by the way, filmsack.gmail.com. Our next movie is Space Hunters something, something, something. Adventures oh, in the Forbidden <laughs> Zone. Okay. Yes. Originally space titled Space Hunter 3D Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Well, I'm Sadly, watching. we're going to be watching the 2D version. Uh, you are. Yeah. Wait, do you have access to a 3D version? I don't know. I'm looking now, though. I have I have the abilities to. Do we have this one sent us this, or is this something? No, this is on uh, Amazon. This one's on Amazon, right? Amazon okay. Prime. So. Yeah, Space Hunter: Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, 1983. Is that uh, Molly Ringwald? Who Molly Ringwald. The first appearance of what? Molly Ringwald. Yeah, this is before any of her other stuff. Peter Strauss. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen him in a thousand years. I like that guy. He's, he's oh, a dad Scott. in a lot of things. Plays Ooh, a, 3D Blu-ray. Yeah. Don't mind if I do. He's always a dad. He's still alive. He's still with us. Anyway, Ernie Hudson, probably an early thing for him. Oh, oh very, yeah. Michael Ironside plays a character called Overdog. The Overdog. As opposed to the underdog, he's the Overdog. <laughs> <laughs> and we just saw him last week, that. so we're going to get a little uh, Ironside sandwich oh. here. This is good. Hey, if you got a, if you got your little headset there, uh, uh Ibits, they got some. They got the 3D trailer on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, really? You can oh, I bet I can watch 3D. that on the um, yeah. on the Oculus. You yes, know you what's can. great? I just realized this is great. This movie uh, on IMDb below it says you want more like this, and one of the number one picks is Kroll from 1983. Wow. We're ten wow. years into the show, and Kroll was our first movie. We How perfect it is it? Yeah, we're just doing. Th- I mean, it's not exactly ten years, right? We have to get to October or something. Whatever we can make it. it. 
Yeah, we'll make it. Uh, Space Hunter. I Adventures. feel like we should. I feel like we should get to like put this movie in October mm-hmm. and then stop, and then we've come full circle. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed no! it. Uh, so this is happening. Oh my gosh, the guy that directed this movie, who's now dead, uh, filmed an episode of Felicity. That's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's next week. It's uh, that'll be a good one. I'm very excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hope you all enjoyed today's show. Don't forget, you can always go to filmsack.com to get all the archives, all the stuff, everything's there. And uh, you can also contact us there or send us emails at filmsack at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at filmsack. And I know I ask for it a lot, but I'll do it again. If you're out there and you're using your uh, your Google Play or you got your uh, your Spotify or your iTunes, whatever it is you're using to consume your podcast, if they have an option to leave a review, please do because it makes a big difference for us in the rankings on those platforms. So please but leave only us reviews. if it's good. Only if they're positive. <laughs> if it's bad, send us an email like Brian with a Y. Yeah, do that. <laughs> uh, although his was very, I don't know. This was positive. Yeah, I'm kidding. his was great. His was good. Uh, yeah, his other one was really bad, but we went back in time and changed it. Yeah, he doesn't know that, though, because we're doing the right no, time travel. Not. Exactly. Yeah, the right kind, we not went, the wrong We went kind. back in time and changed it, and now suddenly I have no facial hair. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a good side effect of time travel. You know, I like Randy's facial hair. Keep it. Don't get rid of that. Oh, wait. I wouldn't know because we've time traveled and I wouldn't know. Right. I... We don't remember a time when he did have it. Oh, we can't even get facial oh. hair now. What the hell? Oh, oh. grandfather paradox. Ah, grandfather beard, grandfather. beard paradox. It's happening again. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. For me, for Brandy, for no, how do we do this? For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy, and the other Brian. Oh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. It's the sweetie man coming. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.